Welcome to Monster Macaroni Episode 2. Um, just as a disclaimer, for the first 3 minutes and 12 seconds of this episode, one of our microphones was screwed up, so there is a bit of static with it. Um, you aren't missing much, it's more just the intro to the episode, so if you guys wanted to uh, just skip ahead to about 3 minutes and 12 seconds, uh, that bypasses all the static. Hope you guys enjoy it, and hit us up on all our social medias and give us 5 stars. I am positioned. As am I. Are you ready? Can you dig it? <laughs> okay, uh, do your best dad noises. <coughs> and welcome to Monster Macaroni. I am John, sitting here with Joan. Howdy, howdy, howdy. And Mr. William. Hello, and we're coming to you with uh, our second episode because the other two episodes we recorded are cursed and we lost both of them. So now we are haphazardly recording a third attempt at another episode here the at third 11 third version, version of episode, episode two. Yes, the third version of episode two. But third time is a charm. So would this so. make it episode 2.3? Yep. This would be like. Like uh, episode two, the sequel. No, that wouldn't make sense. Yeah, episode, episode two, two the third, the third time. time. Episode two, the third time. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that was, that was his. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's episode name. Yeah, right there. So yeah, welcome to Monster Macaroni. Um, I'm gonna head it off to these two because they wanted to talk about a couple of horror movies and a horror anime. Yeah, yeah. That I didn't even know existed. I didn't know anime had. A horror genre? Oh, it's, oh, it's spectacular. spectacular. Like, I knew there were games, like uh, mm-hmm. Fatal Frame that we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, that is a horror game, but it's one of those, like, heavily Japanese games. Right, right. Yeah. It's scary as fuck. I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure there's a sequel, too. Yeah, there were a few sequels. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. There was more than one? There's, like, I think, like, five Fatal that Frames? Was, that was back in the, the good old days. Of of PlayStation Two, I feel like I've heard of it, but I I think you had to take pictures of ghosts. Yeah, it was a haunted ghost camera game, where like you'd be in like a dark room or a hallway and you wouldn't see shit, and then you'd like take a picture, and then you'd see like some specter like looking over like a balcony at you and shit. Like it was, it was creepy shit. Man, and I know because we were also talking about Silent Hill Two, which I'll let you dive into. Um, but I always remembered there's a portion of Silent Hill 2 when you get to the school. And there's there's bad ghosts, because, you know, Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. But there's also there's this little girl ghost that just kind of follows you around the school. And it's, correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't played the game in probably 20 years. But that happened, right? Uh, I've never made it that far into the game. I got too scared. <laughs> I've um, well, yeah, it's you get to the school and there's there's this little girl ghost that kind of follows you around throughout the school. She's not like menacing, mm-hmm. but it's terrifying how it, you know, she's always just kind of in the corner of your eye. Mm-hmm. But then there's the evil children that try to kill you. Yeah, yeah, they were pretty horrifying. I Silent wrote- Hill Two is, I would say, out of the Silent Hills I've played, 
Silent Hill Two is the peak. It's the best one, yeah. like hands down. I did. Um, I played a bit of Homecoming and um, the Room. The Room I thought was an interesting concept. I think it was uh, number four. I think Silent Hill Four mm-hmm. was the Room, mm. but the Room degrades over the the span of the game, and gets more like the sound like it, it looks in Silent Hill the movie, mm. and it's it's nuts. That game is nuts. And it's only played in one room, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Yeah. That sounds very interesting. I think I, I didn't play a lot of it, and I was really drunk for it. <laughs> so most of the horror games I've played, I, I did not play sober. That's the best way to experience a, a horror game. Except right? Amnesia. I did play Amnesia sober. Oh, I, I have a perfect Amnesia story. Please so, tell. <laughs> I may be like one of the only people in the world who's played Amnesia and never actually seen the monster. Which one? The original. Because there, there's multiple monsters. Well, because uh, there, we, there is an invisible monster. Yeah, no. Well, no, I'm talking about the the traditional, like the monster that's like roaming the halls. And, oh, like we were always in this situation where we would go around a hallway at the exact moment the monster was rounding another corner to a different <laughs> hallway. So it was almost like we were following it. Oh, and did you did you beat the game without seeing the monster? No, we we didn't get that far into it. We got into a room and we couldn't figure out how to get through it. Um. I I'm, I will say I'm not a fan of the puzzles and in, in Amnesia. I think they're they're stupid and hard. Apparently, uh, Machine for Pigs is is much better than mm-hmm. the first one. I, I think the first one is is kind of a glitchy mess. Um, because I I don't think the game was supposed to work the way that we played it. But we played for about two and a half hours without ever ever seeing the monster. Like actually, I wonder I wonder if the first Amnesia was more of a proof of, proof of concept than like supposed to be a fully fleshed out game kind of like machine uh, for pigs like slender was, yeah yeah like proof of well slender was that a game uh it, it spawned into almost like a whole series like there was a there's a game called slender that was basically like a it, it it was such a simple game it was basically a tech demo where it's like you like walking through like a, a forest with a flashlight and the whole object like, is to find notes yeah i feel like i played that on my smartphone it, they may have ported it to a smartphone. Uh, back when I played it, uh, I was in high school, and it was just a something you could download for free. And like the whole idea of the game is, if you look behind you, uh, chances are Slenderman would be there. And oh, interesting. As you get more notes, he starts to kind of come after you a bit more. But like the whole the the big thing about the game is, you should never look behind you, like ever. That but, would build like ridiculous tension. Yeah, I mean, even for, like, a goofy creepypasta character, it was still a surprisingly, like, scary and entertaining game the, for what it was. The effects of Slenderman on modern society have gotten fucking ridiculous. We're going to do an entire episode on Slenderman. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's gone from creepypasta to spawning movies. I think there was a probably... Real-life like, stabbing. It's a, a real-life phenomenon. It's yeah, a it's a social unreal. phenomenon. It became an, an actual urban legend, which... For some reason, the people that believe in the urban legend don't know that it started as creepypasta. Like, so it's a dibbic. That's what it is. Not a dibbic. Yeah. No, not a dibbic. We talked about this last time. Oh, um, man. Starts with a Y. Uh, oh, shit. A Yolkan? Uh, oh. Uh, tulpa. 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 A Tulpa. Yeah. For those listeners that don't know. <coughs> excuse me. A Tulpa is a ghost entity cryptid that, that comes into reality when people believe in it enough. Yeah, it gains its power from the belief of it. multiple yeah, basically. people. Yeah, basically. So there's actually a movie about it. I don't remember what the movie's called. It might be called Tulpa, but hmm. it's got um, I can't remember his name. The guy that played Draco Malfoy in Harry Potter, oh. Tom 
Tom. We're going to go Tom. Tom. I'm pretty sure it was a Tom. Tom Jones. <laughs> it's definitely not Tom Jones. <laughs> but, God, that would be great to have Tom Jones in a fucking horror movie. He kind of was. You, would you say that Mars Attacks was bridged on a little bit of horror? Well, it was directed by, uh, what's his face? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, uh, Tim Burton. Tim Burton did Mars Attacks? Yes, he did. What? I'll be damned. That's it's a movie with like the, the crazy aliens. that like, ah, yeah. Ah, yeah, Mars Attacks. Fantastic. We haven't seen Whoa. it. It's, it's so good. No. It's goofy. There's, I think I've seen like a scene on TV. scary-ish points to, to Mars Attacks. I, I wouldn't call it a horror. But that had Tom Jones in it. Yeah. Yeah. He was briefly in that movie. Hmm. He'd survived, too. Mm-hmm. He made it out of Earth. What? Well, out of Vegas. The aliens what? attack Earth, and uh, it's, you just need to watch it. It's such a fucking ride. Is it, is it a horror? It is not a horror. It is definitely a comedy. It's, a we'll comedy. say like a sci-fi comedy. A Tim Burton it's, comedy? It's a sci-fi comedy peppered with, with horror. No. And you know what? I'm going to take the pepper away. There's no horror in it. The scene that freaked me out when I was a kid, there's one of the Martians uh, dons like this woman outfit. And it's really weird looking. But um, she bites off Martin Short's finger and spits it into a fish tank. That part freaked me out. But that's about it. Sounds gruesome. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> it, they, when they shoot people with their lasers, they just kind of dissolve into a skeleton. It's, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's like Spider-Man 1 level. Like, oh. bad. Yeah, it, but it's fantastic. It's, it's definitely, I wouldn't say B-movie, but it, it wasn't meant to win any Oscars. But it's a fantastic film. We'll watch it on one of our movie nights. Sweet. What were we talking about? We got way off. Silent Hill Two. Silent Hill Two. Yeah. Um. There you was. All, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say that. Um. I've never played any of the Silent Hills except for I think Homecoming. It's the one where you're the dude. That was number five. It was Homecoming with an axe. I think. I think. I don't Are remember. You dude with I an axe, a... and you're 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 like in a a weird town. I I, th- I think you go into um like a kitchen first. And that's when shit hits the fan, and the kitchen starts to fill with water. This is like the first ep- uh, the first level. I don't think it might not be Homecoming. I don't know. I know it's a Silent Hill game. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure though. Um, at any rate, I I I got pr- pretty into the game for a little while. Um, God, I wish I could remember which one it was though. You are in like a. I don't want to say like a city. I think it's your neighborhood. Because I remember playing uh, some of Homecoming, and you spent some time at like your childhood home. Mm. I don't remember any axes, though. I didn't get very far into the game. I, the reason I say a dude with an axe is because when I think of the game, I see the box. The cover is of a dude. You can't see his face because it's cut off just, just at his jaw. But he's like he's superimposed on the Silent Hill like town, and he's holding an axe, and it's raining. And he's kind of standing in a defensive position, and his axe is kind of like towards the camera, if you will. I don't remember will. that at all. I, I remember the cover for Silent Hill Homecoming being, it was like a picture of an older brother and his little brother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, nah, then it definitely wasn't Homecoming. I don't know which one it was. Maybe you're thinking of like Heavy Rain or something. It may have been. Alan um, Wake, maybe? Help me out in the comments. If, if anybody yeah, knows if anybody what the knows hell I'm what, describing, what please. What he's talking about, please <laughs> Please help me. We'll have a corrections corner. And, um, and yeah, that would be great. But um, it was an excellent game. Um, I'm actually kind of bummed I didn't get to finish it. It was on loan uh, from a buddy of mine, and she, she actually just she was like, I want that back. She just took it 
right in the middle of me playing it. I wouldn't so. feel too bad. I don't think I've ever finished a horror game. No? No. Nope. Unless you count like Manhunt or The Suffering. I finished the shit out of those. I haven't heard that. They were I haven't heard of that very, very, very dark games from the early 2000s. The Suffering, um, help me out here, Joan. Mm-hmm. They, you were, you're an inmate, and I think you're in like a regular prison, but um, you get out, and like all of the prisoners have been experimented on. Ooh, yeah. And it's super fucked up. Like, if you looked up a, a list of some of the most violent video games, the suffering's probably up there. Manhunt's definitely up there. Manhunt got banned in like quite a few countries. 20, 25 countries, something like really? that. Yeah, it got banned fucking everywhere because of the, the content of the game. I mean, you're basically just, you're making a snuff film, and every time you come up to a certain section, the director of the snuff film tells you how he wants you to kill people, and then you do it. You you oh actually you get like every level you get points based on how brutal your kill is like because like you can choose what weapons you use like I think in the first level of the game you have either like a piece of glass or a plastic bag. Yeah, the plastic plastic bag ones are are probably yeah. the most brutal. It's it's pretty disturbing. They they spent a lot My of time God. on death noises and how people sound when they die, and that's probably what made it made it more disturbing. It, that it's accurate. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I've never killed anybody. <laughs> but it sounds it feasibly It sounds accurate. like what it would Convincing. sound like if you suffocate somebody with a bag. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, man. That was one of those games that sparked the, you know, our video games too violent for our kids kind of shit. Same well, with GTA. Obviously, that game isn't designed for children. No, no, no. It was, no. It was damn near rated. Uh, adults only. What are only. the ratings? I mean, yeah, it was, it was damn near AO. rated adults only, but yeah. they had to modify the game to. Usually, the only games that are rated AO are like porn games Brown. that show penetration. Yeah, right. But Manhunt almost got an AO rating because of its content. Man, is it still available? Yeah. Um. Yeah, you can still get it in America. Like I probably it'd be hard to find. I don't think you can get it digitally anymore. No. So you'd have to find a hard copy. You'd somewhere. have to find a hard copy. Uh, you'd probably find it online somewhere. You'd have to have a PS2 that's functional. Oh, play. I have. I have like two of them. Dude, why are we not playing Manhunt? Um, because I don't own it. But That's we can order it. Yeah, we can definitely we order definitely. it. I'll I'll bring my PS2 we'll tomorrow, bro. Yeah. I'll bring it over. Hell yeah, dude! I have the original Spider-Man, Spider-Man Two, Spider-Man Three. Who cares about the original Spider-Man? It's all it's all Spider-Man Two. Spider-Man well, One had some interesting mechanics. Yeah, I, I think mean, the way that Peter Parker moved around, like the way you could just drop down from the ceiling with a web, like you couldn't do that in Spider-Man Two. Yeah, but the, the web swinging controls. in Spider-Man Two, man, like yeah, because Spider-Man One had the the web to the the heavens effect. Yeah, where you're, it's just glorified flying. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, it, and it, there was bad control too. Like you couldn't really control the direction very well. It was like one direction and then square to another direction. Well, there were like certain levels where if you fell below a certain height when you were going from one side of the city to the other, like there was like a kill plane. Basically. Oh yeah, that was so, so dumb. Well, yeah, it's it just like okay, well, why why is they this a Spider-Man game? It's then? one of those weird situations where the sequel's better than the original. Oh, yeah, by far. There are very few games that have pulled that off. Borderlands 2. Um, I may get flack from that from listeners, but I think Borderlands 2 is the peak Borderlands. Even better than 3? Three? 3 was fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I love 3, but I still think just story, characters, how everything came together in 2 is the peak of Borderlands. Plus all the DLC. I mean, everything just was... It, the, it was a well-oiled machine. They took everything that was great in the first game 
and just made it better in the second game and then added better shit. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. they've they've taken the Borderlands 2 model and applied it to the first game. So now the first game is a lot more fun to play. It's mm-hmm. like consider the first Borderlands game, like we were saying earlier, the proof of concept. And, you know, th- this is how we want this game to be. And mm-hmm. then the second game, they perfected it. Dude. And then anything past that point is just more Borderlands. I mean, it, Oh, man, I, I, I've only ever heard excellent things about that game, and I've, I remember seeing it, like, when it was new, when it was coming out, like, Borderlands 2, Borderlands 1, even. Uh, I think it was on, like, PlayStation 2, right? The original three. Borderlands? Oh, yeah, the it original was, was on PS3. Okay, so um, that's probably why I didn't play it, because I didn't, I never got the PS3, but um, I've always wanted to play it. Mr. Handsome, is that his name? Uh, the dude Handsome with the mask? Jack. Hascom, Handsome Jack, okay. Um, he always seemed very interesting to me. He's a, he's a nut, Handsome he? Jack is hands down top three video game villains of anything i've ever played and i've been gaming for 25 years and hands down he is top three i can name my top three two of them are in far cry games okay well hold on i gotta think about it now (laughs) we'll say top five two of them are undetermined at this point because i'd have to think about it Mm -hmm. but vaz from far cry 3 which you probably haven't played i've played it Vaz from Far Cry 3, he wasn't even the main villain. He was a villain in that game, but his character was done so fucking well. And it just, the actor that played him, his storyline is fantastic. Uh, Pagan Min from Far Cry 4 is also a brilliant villain. And obviously, Handsome Jack. Man. Yeah. Oh, and I'd say Joker from Arkham. Oh, that, yeah, that one I'm familiar with. That was great. Definitely a Joker. Oh, man. Mark Hamill's Joker. Man. Hands down, some of the best stuff. And again, um, you know, kind of plugging comic book FNG. We mentioned this in a podcast we uh, released with him, but um, we're actually getting um, um, oh, man, I'm I'm brain farting right now. Um, the voice of animated Batman. Help me out, John, or Joan. Um, animated Batman. Yeah, Batman the animated series. Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern. Uh, no, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> no. Oh man! Did you get oh. Bruce from just playing Bruce Wayne? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man! And, and I, I've been watching a lot of Tarantino movies lately, and Bruce Dern is in those like really frequently. I think he's Conroy. been in the last two. Kevin Jim, Conroy. Ke- Kevin. Kevin Conroy. Conroy. Yep. He is actually going to be the live-action Bruce Wayne in the Arrowverse. In the Arrowverse. In the Arrowverse. Let's not get into the Arrowverse, because we could talk about that for two hours alone. This is a <laughs> horror podcast. Yep. Like I said, I'm just excited for it. I'm just plugging it. So Yes. So definitely times. listen to Comic Book FNG. We are having some problems with our episodes. Uh, part two of Infinity Gauntlet is cursed. So if anybody's waiting for that episode, we apologize. We're working on it. But it's, it's cursed at this point. We will get it out. On to Monster Macaroni. Where do we stop? We were talking about the suffering. Um, yeah, how it's it's probably one of the most you know brutal gr- games grotesque games. Con- yeah, yeah. It, it's like they went out of their way to be brutal. Man, I mean, I I, I know it's probably going to sound pretty gnarly, but I I really like to check it out. It sounds like something I want to look at. Oh Not yeah, definitely check out Dead Space too. Yeah, the the whole Dead Space trilogy is fantastic, and they're I've all heard, very scary games. I've heard about it, but I don't know what it's about. Yeah, it's about dead things in space <laughs> yeah i mean really? that's, that's it dead things like space zombies yeah they're no. more like parasites that took over people oh uh, kind of like the typhon and prey i've never played prey the new prey is actually very good uh, is it horror 
it has horror elements, but I wouldn't describe it as a horror. Mm. Well, it, the reason we're talking about horror video games is uh, our next episode, we're going to have a guest on, and she she streams and she's a video gamer and uh she's really big on horror games so so we'll get deep into that in that episode mm-hmm. um so we'll skip ahead a little bit we'll go to uh your guys's anime and movies i want to hear about this horror anime yeah so um the one i have in mind to to kind of talk about um is called another it's it's a brutal anime and if you know most of the places you find it um it's kind of censored so all of the the death scenes in the anime are, are kind of darker, so you can't really see the the blood or, or anything like that because it gets pretty brutal. Does it get like Akira brutal? Yeah, it gets gnarly. Like the first death scene, and it's all, you know, in Japan when you're 15, you're an adult, so it's all 15 year olds, like in yep. high school. So I the found first that really weird. Yeah, it yeah, it, it, but it's yeah. it's it's Japan, Japanese culture. Yeah. So you know, it's not like they're fucking or anything, but they're dying brutally. Yeah. So the first one, you know, I'm going to spoil the first death for you because there are so many. Um, it's this girl. It's basically the premise of the, the anime is um, basically there's a curse and it's on this particular class at this particular school. And people die brutally because of this curse unless one of the students who is basically elected or volunteers at the beginning of the year, they have to pretend like that student doesn't exist. Now, not to, you know, give away the reasons why, um, you know, they have to, if they don't pretend like this student is completely invisible and doesn't exist whatsoever, people die. That's the curse. So a transfer student shows up and he's like, what the fuck? This girl's cute. I'm not going to pretend like she doesn't exist. So he starts, you know, poking the bear, trying to figure out what the fuck's going on at the school and people start to croak. Um, the first death uh, is a chick running for her life because she's all scared that, oh man, the curse is going to come back. Uh, so she's running down the stairs of, her, of her, um, her schoolhouse with an umbrella. She trips over her heel, like over her foot as she's running down the stairs. Her umbrella goes tumbling down in front of her. She falls down the stairs and the umbrella, it, it, it was perfect the way they animated this because the umbrella basically as it's falling on the floor, you know how it falls backwards? She falls just perfectly for it to go right through her neck. Yeah. And they animate the sound of the metal spike going through her neck, the fucking blood spurts and everything, and they show it. And then they cut the, the camera to a shot of the, um, the stairwell from above and show her fucking body, blood everywhere. It's, it's gnarly. Damn. And it gets worse from there. Like, that's just the first one. That's brutal. It's, it's nuts. And... There's a lot of drama and, and all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and they do a really good job of building suspense and tension. And then mid-anime, they make it like, oh, yeah, everything's fine. And, and you know, they have like a whims- whims- uh, whimsical episode. And then right at the end of that episode, you feel like, yeah, you know, that was a good, a good little change of pace. Shit hits the fan worse than it ever did. It's, it's good. I highly recommend it. Is there ever like a... Like a win episode? Like they, yeah, like, um, the one that I just mentioned, um, it's, you know how every anime has a beach episode? What's a beach episode? Where everybody goes to the beach. <clears throat> no, I've never heard of that. Okay, well, it, it's kind of like an anime trope where some, at some point in the anime, there will be an excuse or a scenario where everybody goes to the beach for one reason or another, the whole group or whatever, 
And I've never, um, is this a thing? I've never what, seen this. A beach episode? Yeah. yeah. Every anime has a beach episode. Yeah. I mean, no, there's very few animes that I've actually finished. Like uh, Cowboy Bebop, mm. there was no mm-hmm. beach episode. I'm sure there's a beach episode. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm not pretty sure. Well, no, it, th- that's too too so is like it, highbrow. It not like a, a literal episode. beach episode. <laughs> what do you mean highbrow? No, uh, no, I'm, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, I, I'm saying I'm giving it's the highest. It's too great of, of an anime. It's too great yeah, of like, an anime yeah. to fall prey to those tropes. Perfectly yeah. written. It was written for one season. Yeah, and that's what we got. Well, that's like the problem with animes that go on long enough. They eventually have to succumb to fan service, so they'll just yep. do an episode where all the characters are at the beach or in bikinis and shit. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's anime just, girls. Yeah. Yep, more exactly. tip than anything else. But um, with this one, it was kind of well worked into the plot because the episode prior, shit was getting really bad, but then they they thought they figured out how to make the curse go away without having everybody ignored. You know, like um. Because apparently, be, pretending like you don't exist is worse than being dead. Huh. So they wanted to figure out how to get everybody involved in school again and shit. So at the end of that episode, they were like, oh, yeah, you know, we should go to the beach. And then the next episode, it's the beach episode. So they're all there having fun. They kind of allude to the fact that shit's not quite right, but nobody really knows it. They're all having fun. And then at the end, people die again. Like, in a way worse way like brutally brutally fucked up and everybody's shocked and it's the shock that makes it so much worse because they were all so whimsical and happy and you know like light-hearted because shit's finally normal again but then no no it's not i've never seen a beach episode man i'm stuck on this yeah dude I, i've watched all of of ghost in the shell standalone complex. Ghost that's in the another shell one is not gonna there's have no it. beach nah. episode no i watched nah, all of fucking big o there's no beach Big episode. Big not going to have it. You're watching all of the high-profile animes. What, what, what do you mean high-profile? Big O came out. Nobody fucking knew about it. Like, it it got mm. big after, like, the first few episodes, and then it got big. Because, what, there's, there's no does, beach? Does Evangelion have a beach episode? Yes. It does? I'm pretty, I'm the, pretty sure. I think it does. No. It doesn't? It, it, there's an episode where they're on like a, an aircraft carrier, and there, there are episodes jacket. where they're or, like uh, standing at like a beach or a shore, but there's yeah. no they stereotypical actually, yeah. beach episode. What about episode? Full Metal That's Alchemist? True. Does that have a beach episode? I'm sure it does. But at the, least one. That pertains to the story, I'd betcha, because that's highbrow. Yeah. <laughs> or which Full Metal Alchemist? Because there's Brotherhood, and then there's I've only ever Full seen Metal the original Alchemist. series. It's just so, like Ghost in the Shell. You got Ghost in the Shell. And then there's Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. And I've only seen standalone and complex. So that's the thing. Like, I'm not too sure about Ghost in the Shell, but when it comes to um, uh, anime, is this so just have... like the regular animes that get churned out, like the anime machine animes? Kind of, kind of like like Fairy Tale and Naruto, and Naruto, I, shit like I can't that. Dragon watch Ball Z. Yeah. I apologize to any listeners that are big fans of Naruto, but I cannot watch it. I have I, I have a Naruto tattoo. I I'm sorry, like. <laughs> I've tried. It's a 22-minute episode, and 15 of those minutes are recap of the last episode. Yeah. I, I can't fucking do it. it Not every episode's like yeah. that, but and it, that's, there's a lot of filler. It's heavy towards the beginning. When they get deeper into you know, the, the, the thick of shit, they, they cut down on the recap. It's more just you know, like four you, or five minutes. You're this Maybe far, you should know it. Like weird yeah. anime. I, I mean, one of my favorites is one called uh, Paranoia Agent. I was about to talk oh. about that one. Oh, oh yes. I will let you talk about it because okay. you are the only other person I've ever met that yes. has watched Paranoia Agent. So Paranoia Agent is hands down one of the best short series animes like ever. Uh, it was made by Satoshi Kon, and it's a series that is about 
these people who are all falling victim to a, like a serial assailant called Little Slugger. It, yeah, it's and it's, it's it's a kid on a base, a kid wearing rollerblades with a baseball bat. It's but, a bent golden baseball bat. Yeah, and it's really weird how they do it because sometimes oh, it's really really hard to explain because a lot of it takes place like in not I wouldn't say fantasies. But they're all character episodes. Yeah, they're they're character episodes, and and how this kid is viewed, and because it's just a kid in rollerblades with a baseball bat. That's all it is. But how this kid is viewed sometimes is like this massive monster in rollerblades with you know this massive bat, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's different in every episode, and it's really confusing. But they they weave everything. It's like the Game of Thrones of of animes because of of how their storylines are woven together. Because they're all separate people. Not a lot of them interact with each other, if I no. remember correctly. Mm. And, but they're all woven together in the same world and the same universe. And I think the actual main character is the... The detective. The, no, not the detective. The, the animator chick. Oh, yeah. The, she, the girl I believe who created the, main, the, the doll. The, she created the doll. She, I believe, is the main character. Yeah. But again, like you thought the main character was the detective. Because so, he's the, the thread that, fall, that flows yeah. through every episode. So it, it could be... It may be perceived differently between anybody that watches the show. You know, other people yeah. could think the kid's the main character when you rarely see him mm. in his standard form. Mm. But it's yeah, it's a fantastic show. I wouldn't necessarily say it's horror, but it's it would it's say it, it has tendencies. some psychological horror elements. Psychological, that's the word yeah. I'm looking for. Because yeah. it it definitely, uh, especially because most of the episodes, like you don't ever see the the menace that is that is yeah, like no, threatening like with the, the world. With It'll the, usually be in the last five minutes of the episode. But. With the girl that uh, makes the stuffed animal, she just heard it. Like, all you hear is the rollerblades and then of the baseball bat, and then she's on the ground. Like, you never actually see the kid. But I think the, the primary theme of every episode is that it, it gives you this overview of these characters' lives and why, like, whatever it is that's not working for them or what's making them miserable. And then... After their encounter with the, you know, little slugger, um, they almost, it's like. The I sincerely apologize. God damn it. Yay. <laughs> Yay. But uh, it's like we're cursed. <laughs> we we're just going to keep that in the episode. Yes. Yeah. All right. And you were saying about. As Burn I was Raider. saying, uh, the one of the key things is that every character who gets hit in the head with a baseball bat, like, changes. Yeah. Like, it changes like their perceptions. They cha- they become like different people afterwards, and they usually end up with their lives being better, despite yeah. like the the world portraying him as like a menace. It's it's a very bizarre concept, but it's it's one of those shows that because there's not a lot of action in the show. <clears throat> Actually, there's I don't think there's any action in the show. It's very psychological, mm. and it's. Probably one of the better animes I've ever seen. And I mean, as it, we've even just the raw animation is gorgeous. Oh yeah, it's yeah, so and, stylized. All of his his projects look like that. Oh no, I have seen a horror anime actually. When you were talking about stylized, mm-hmm. um, there is an anime movie. Not a lot of people know about this, and I'll love you forever if you know about this. It's called Memories, and there are three different movies in one movie, and they're all by three different directors and three different animators, and one of them is this. He's a space, uh, he's, excuse me, he's an astronaut and he's stuck on this like ghost ship and it just devolves into madness, but it's super fucking freaky. Could we count Love, Death and Robots as anime? Some of it. Mm, One of those, one of those is a horror. 
actually a couple of those could be considered horror, but one of them, it's the same kind of thing. Um, I don't remember enough about it to talk about it, but, uh, they, they, they're on this ship and they, they come out of like hypersleep and, uh, turns out they're hundreds of light years away from where they thought they were going. Right. And, uh, the, the main character meets some chick from his past and, you know, they bang and do all that kind of stuff. And he, he, fig- he does the math and he figures out we're not supposed to be here. Something's wrong. And then he wakes up like from his actual hypersleep. Oh. And he's in this weird, like, alien hive kind of thing. And then he hears a noise, and the the alien comes out, and it is the creepiest fucking looking thing I have ever seen. Is this Memories? No, this this was uh, this was Love, Death, and Robots. Okay, uh, but Memories, again, I don't remember enough about that that movie to to really talk about it that much. But Memories was fantastic. It's really hard to find. Um, there were three different movies, three different animators, and they were all fantastic. Fun was, fact, one of the animators uh, was Katsuhiro Otomo, and if that name rings a bell to you, he is the creator of Akira. Oh, shit. The director of Akira. Which one came first, Akira. Akira or Memories? I think Akira came first. Akira was 80s, wasn't it? I believe so. Late 80s, if I remember correctly. Man, so we just need to Memories was 1995, yeah. so it absolutely predates yeah. Akira. No, no, Akira came out in the 80s. That's what I'm saying. Memories was 95. So Akira predates Memories. Mm-hmm. Now, if we can find it, I need both of you to watch it. It's fantastic. All three of them are fantastic. Memories? Yes. They're fantastic movies. I can't say it enough. I've said it many too, too many times now. I have some sources. Hold on yeah. a second. Uh, so, so that's our horror animes. Um, and you, you are a big fan of... Of the original horror movies, the what are they called? The Monster Squad monster movies, movies. Yeah. yeah, like old school, um, Lon Chaney Jr. Um, who's the guy who played the Wolfman again? He had like one of those like iconic names. Um, Boris Karloff. No, actually, he played no, Dracula. I, I, actually, I think Lon Chaney Jr. played the Wolfman. I know Boris Boris, Boris Karloff, Karloff played Dracula. One. I believe so. Anyways, that the only right. one of those those old Monster Squad movies I've seen is uh, Creature from Black Lagoon. Fantastic. One of my favorite movies when I was a kid. I love that movie. I think I might have seen Frankenstein. Maybe. I'm not 100% on that. The original Frankenstein's great. I, I remember that, like, uh, the doesn't scene he, where he, he accidentally kills a little girl. I was going to say, doesn't he accidentally throw a girl into a pond? Yeah, and she dies, and that's kind of when, like, the town, like, was like, oh, that's the monster that he killed the little girl, and it was, like, an accident, basically. Yeah. And it's just very heartbreaking, because you feel for the, the monster. Fun fact, mm-hmm. yeah, everybody calls him Frankenstein, but it's, it's actually Frankenstein's monster. He never names the monster. No. And Frankenstein is the doctor. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Oh, you must be Igor. Actually, it's pronounced Eagle. You know, I'm a gifted surgeon. I could help you with that hump. What hump? <laughs> Young Frankenstein. <laughs> Mel Brooks is brilliant. What hump? I've seen that. And, and Dracula Dead and Loving It. I've seen most of the Dracula movies. Really? Did you see, what is it, Dracula Untold? I actually really enjoyed Dracula Untold. I thought it was bad. I mean, it wasn't a good movie. But no. Luke Evans is one of my favorite actors. I mm. love him. And I still enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. Plus, it had uh, that 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 dude, that Lannister dude from Game of Thrones, as Which one? Uh, he played oh. Dracula. Um, he was the dad 
in Game of Thrones? The Lannister dad. Oh, Tywin Lannister? Yeah. I don't remember all their names. They all have similar-ish how, names. How dare you forget a very specific character in a show that has many very specific <laughs> characters? <Yeah. laughs> who's, who's the midget? Um, what is he called on the show? Um, uh, Tyrion Lannister. Not halfling. Uh, the imp. Imp. There we go. The imp. Mm-hmm. That's such a good name. I mean, it's, it's a bad name, but I don't know. It makes me think of Doom. Doom yeah. you could consider a horror. Not it's the current a, iteration of the Doom. The original Doom. Not the original Doom. Oh, I, I, the original Doom has scared the crap out of me on many occasions when I'll just like walk around like a dark corner and there's like a like a an imp just like standing there and I I forgot about it or something. Oh yeah. Or or like when you turn the corner and an imp just jumps out of a freaking little grate yeah. or something that you do. Or or you it. walk into a room and all of a sudden the the walls drop down and there's like 50 enemies. Like, yeah. like yeah. I I think that the the reason that the original Doom manages to frighten me sometimes is they actually had like lighting, like dark hallways yeah. and like you know where you'd get that Flickering nice light ray coming across from two converging hallways like it. Yeah. They nailed the lighting down on a game where lighting was practically not a thing in games yet. Well, and, and the reason I mentioned Doom, and you probably played this one since you're a Doom uh, purist, but uh, Doom 3 was definitely, it was not the violent game that the other Dooms were. I don't know if you ever played Doom 3, Oh yeah, I but it was definitely a horror. Oh, yeah. Especially just a small element, but only having your flashlight out. Not being able to have a flashlight and yes. a gun out. They they re-released was the game with an, that. It was fixed. such an interest. Yeah. Why did they fix it? Because people hated it. But that was supposed to add to the horror. That was supposed to make it scary because yeah. you couldn't have a gun out. But and it, I remember it was such a far cry from what Doom had already established. Yeah, that I mean know? it it should have been like an offshoot of Doom. I don't think it should have been labeled as a Doom game. Like a spin-off mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. But they the horror elements were done really well. I mean, there was a monster that hunted you throughout the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember you see it a couple of times. And uh, one of the things I remember most is I went into a room. It was like one of the first rooms I had my flashlight out and no gun because I just had my flashlight. Mm-hmm. And I see a body on the floor. I turn around. I look at something else. And I hear a noise. So I turn around and the body's, the body's gone. gone. Yep. And, and it was somewhere in the room with me. And I had, I'm getting goosebumps now talking about it. Yeah, I, man. The first time I played it, I was like 13. And. I did yeah. not know it because I thought it was Doom. I thought it was just going to be running around shooting shit. Right. No, I did not expect a horror game. <laughs> Man. So, yeah, I have played and beat a horror game. Doom Man. 3. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's what got me into Doom because I hadn't played the original or the second that's one. That's what got you into Doom? I was started Doom 3, on Doom 3. Arguably the worst Doom. And I was hooked because I played the patched version that, um, Factually. that, that was Factually more like. the worst Doom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I played the. the basically repaired version that you could have the light and the gun out at the same time so i think it i think it's a detractor i don't think it should have been updated it's like when when they updated the ending to mass effect 3 Mm. i think because that's them appeasing to the crowd i think we should have experienced the game as it was written because in the end of mass effect 3 you're supposed to die shepherd is supposed to die spoilers i apologize so much because i don't think you've played mass effect 3 i haven't played any of them well shepherd dies I, i knew that Multiple times does Shepard die. Oh, multiple times. Yes. More but in spoilers. the end of three, there's a spectacular ending. And the way they do it, if you do it right, it's, it's a tearjerker. It's very well done. It's the end of Shepard. It's the conclusion of Shepard. And people bitched so much about the end of that game that they released a, deal, a free DLC changing the ending of the game to appease the crowd. So I think changing the flashlight thing in Doom 3, which was supposed to be a fucking horror game, is just appeasing to the crowd, and I don't like it. Possibly. 
I mean, I, I understand changing bugs in a game and, and, you know, adding features that, that you originally said you were going to add, for example, like no man's sky, how it can't the abysmal launch of no man's sky and mm-hmm. how they fixed it over the past year. Play no man's sky. It's good. How they fixed it over the past year. But Doom 3 was a horror. It was supposed to be experienced as a horror. You were supposed to be scared while shooting things. Mm. But the beginning of the game is supposed to be scary as fuck. That's, that's the point. They're setting the theme for the game. So changing that is just... I Don't get me wrong. Detractant. I feel like it was still a very well-done game. It's still very scary because the, the, it's not like the flashlight lit up the whole room. It was just a tiny little spot. Yeah. So... Even with your gun, you can only see what you're pointed directly at. But still, you can shoot if you see something. Yeah. And I think having the flashlight out without a gun... At, at is, the same time... It just th- adds that element of horror. You couldn't have the flashlight on indefinitely. The battery that ran helps. out. That helps. So, like, you had the light on, you could shoot, but then the battery died, and then it, it recharged. It didn't just restart. So you had to wait a while, and you were in the dark while your battery recharged. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was a little bit better, so you could fight and they wouldn't just kill you in the dark. You didn't see what the fuck happened. It was just dark and then you're dead. Yeah. So, you know, it helped a little bit more with, with the flow of the game, but I, and it probably took away a little bit of the horror, but I feel like they still kept enough of the horror in there to, to get the point across. There's, see, horror games, it's a whole thing. We, we'll talk about it next episode. <laughs> we'll talk about horror games next episode, because I want to talk about fear. The oh. first fear game. It, both of you probably haven't played it. I, I believe mm-hmm. it was before your guys' time. F.E.A.R. Yeah, it's a fantastic game. And it's still touted as some of the best AI in any video game. Really? When they, was it released? When you would fight things, it was released in like 2000, 2002, 2003. Wow. It was old. It's an old game at this point. But when you would fight the enemies, they would flank you. They would use cover. They would shoot over their cover. Like the biggest thing, though, is they would flank you. You could hear them talking on the radio to each other about how they were going to flank you, that you were spotted or something like that, and they would set up, you know, tactical positions to fight you. Damn. So the AI was fantastic. Plus, it was just a scary as fuck game. I mean, they had a lot of jump scares. It was a little girl that was hunting you. It, you know, what is it with little girls that horror focuses so much around? Is it Japan that does that? They definitely because look a at lot of uh, they, they Ruan. Lean, they lean on it. Is is Ring Ringu? That's what mm. the ring was. What is the the grudge? Was it Ruan? I don't know. Well, the grudge also started in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of those movies, the ring and and the grudge, were originally Japanese movies, and they both dealt with. Was it uh, was it a little girl in the grudge? It wasn't a little girl. It was a young woman. Oh, okay. That was taken advantage of. Yeah. Okay. She she meowed like a cat. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I never did. finished the grudge. Eh. Uh, I got I was, to the point where Sarah eh. Michelle Geller is at the, at the top of the stairs, and she looks down, and she sees the thing crawling up the stairs, mm-hmm. and then she walks through the door, and the thing's holding on the back of her cell phone, mm-hmm. and then I stopped. That's as far as I got. I couldn't <laughs> do it spook anymore. you? It, yeah, I got oh. freaked out. I think, it, mm-hmm. I think it's more of a goofy movie. Yeah. It, like, was, it, was it one of those early 2000s, like, churning out horror movies kind of movie? I would say so. Like I, I actually have it right there on my shelf. Um, it's one of the first horror movies next to um, Silent Hill that I actually watched. Silent Hill was fantastic. I loved it. I will I always love Silent Hill. Um, the barbed wire vagina scene. I don't oh, really agree with, but yeah. but the rest you don't of the agree with barbed wire vaginas. No, I I think that was a dumb scene. <laughs> I think it, it. 
the scene could have been done better. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think the the barbed wire in the vagina was a good choice. I think I mean it's not explicitly shown. We've all seen the movie. It's I not haven't. explicitly shown, but she gets held up and a bunch of barbed wire goes up under her dress and then comes out her stomach. But what well, if it went cool. up through her taint? Well, that's that's just like splitting hairs. That's <laughs> literally splitting hairs. Like you there. but that's the thing. You can assume that it went up and it's just going up through the bottom of her and then ripping her in half. Would it be it worse if it went up her her like a uh, behind? Her rump. Her behind. Her cedar rumpus. Without, sub- without being substitute too teacher called it a cedar rumpus. <laughs> I just think it would it was an unnecessary scene. I think just stabbing her with the barbed wire would have been fine. And then or the ripping her into pieces or something. Barbed wire. Well, it was again Sin- a demented yeah. little girl. That it was like telekinetically controlling barbed wire. You just need to watch the movie, man. I, I probably should. It's oh. a great movie. I think I gave it a chance and I got bored. You got bored? Really? Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic. How movie. deep did you get in? I don't remember. Damn. Well, Pyramid Head was done really well. Yeah. Eh. Did you get to Pyramid Head? I don't think I made it that far. I don't know why. He was done really well. For the longest time, I thought his name was Red Pyramid. Nope, it's Pyramid Head. That's yep. crazy. Yep. The the titular villain of Silent Hill too. He Pyramid pulls a girl's skin off. Yeah, and then throws that's, the skin to, at the heroes as they're fleeing. That's like some Texas chainsaw. Two it is shit. brutal as fuck, dude. And then, but it just comes yeah. off too. Like he didn't even have to try. Like the skin off of a sausage. Yeah. What? It just sloughed skin off a sausage. Have you never skinned a sausage? Yeah. Why would you skin a sausage? They put it in there to eat it in the skin. Well, sometimes like have you you've never like used like so- Italian sausage or a like summer spaghetti? sausage? You well, know? yeah, I just cut it up. You don't have to, but maybe you just want like the actual meat. You don't want need yeah. the skin. So you just you just buy it as the the loaf. But have you never eaten <laughs> so? summer sausage though? Maybe. Well, yeah, you I have to know. peel the you have to peel the you the have skin to peel the skin off. Of the skin of the, off you of can't eat one. the summer this, sausage skin. This is I've never okay. T- back to task. <laughs> <laughs> so he grabs he's he's holding this chick up by the neck, and he pulls off her dress. And then he grabs her by the chest, like middle of her chest, like sternum. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it almost looks like her skin rots around his hand. And then he just kind of pulls and all of it comes off and he throws it at the door and everybody yeah. gets sprayed with her blood. I'll, I'll well, never fun. forget <laughs> it either because as he grips the skin, they did such a good job. You can see the skin folding and yeah, it like ripples up fingers. into mm-hmm. his hand. It's and then fucking weird. he twists and the skin twists off of her body. It's it's, it's such a quick scene, man. but it was really well done. It's, it's mm. spectacular. That then, movie in, in general was really well done. And yeah. it was a video game adaptation. We've had very few good video game adaptations. Except, and I will go on the block here, and on record, the first Resident Evil movie was mm-hmm. fantastic. I would consider that one a horror. Versus the ridiculous next nine movies, or however <laughs> fucking many they've oh, made. They're, they're so great. They're the, so bad. The first one bridged on horror. It was creepy as fuck until it got later into the movie. Like the first half of the movie is creepy as shit. And I don't know. You got the 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 laser scene. And that me, was like that was later half. That was later half. <laughs> to me, that's what I checked out. And I'm like, all right, I already know what kind of movie this is. It, the first two Resident Evils are my favorite. Out of all the Resident Evil movies, the first two are my favorite. So you saying you uh, going on the chopping block? I'm probably going right along with you in saying this, but I really liked the Dwayne Johnson Doom rendition. I fucking love that. It movie. was spectacular, man. It is terrible as a Doom movie, as, but but just, it's so enjoyable. Oh man, uh, Carl Doom, Urban, this guy, the Doom purist, is like you fucking. Idiots. <laughs> I've never seen it. You've Whoa, never seen what? You're no. the purist. 
You, I, I won't. I won't bother. You won't even. Try. Oh. You gotta see it. Just Dude, just do it and enjoy it. it. There's a first person section. It, that is the best. Oh god! It, but it's done so great. Oh, it's so Dude. great. It's so. It's good. just like the game. Like it's so great. Oh, it sounds so corny. But it, see, they did it like because they were aware of that they were making do. Like they were aware of it. Mm-hmm. So it's very kitschy how it's how it's done but it's also done really cool mm-hmm. like his fight with the fucking pinky demon oh is, man is ridiculous it's awesome <laughs> you know i don't think john carmack has even seen that movie he probably has i no i, I, I think he demon. was on the joe the joe rogan podcast recently and i'm pretty sure joe rogan asked him if he had watched it and i said i think he said he didn't bother i mean critically the the, the movie was fucking horrible mm. it was not good yeah. and since it had the doom name i think a lot of people really hated it but just as like a B action movie, it is super enjoyable. So spectacular. Yeah. I do love B action movies. If, if there's just, a chainsaw. Just that comes into play. Just with the fact that eh. you like B action movies, I would give it a try. Try try to just like put aside the fact that they're they have Doom on the cover mm-hmm. and just look at it like a bunch of people going to Mars to fuck shit up. Yeah. Walking through the door. We're here to fuck shit up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got The Rock in it, and it's got Carl Urban in it. Oh, I do love Dwayne The Rock Johnson oh, man. of The and, Mummy Returns fame. Oh, God. I saw that one in theaters. I did, too. So cool. Dude, the Anubis army. Oh, yeah. Every fucking time. Oh, man. Okay, so we're getting off on a tangent. Um, Let's jump right into our creepypastas. Let's I think we've got it. a couple of short ones and an average one. I think it's average. It's it's like the first part of a multi-series. Multi-series. So, so we'll just Ooh. go with the beginning for now. Oh. See if ever anybody wants a little bit more. Sounds yeah, good. we'll see. Hopefully we'll get some feedback at uh, monstermacaroni101 at gmail.com or at monstermacaroni on Twitter. We do have a uh, an Instagram now that you can slide into our DMs. Is that <laughs> a sexual term? Um, it can be, but What's also sliding into be. the DMs. Got a slide. Yeah. Is that is that sexual? The DMs. It or means or you're it just... you're a thirsty hoe. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> hey, don't don't do a lot of sliding into the DMs, John. Unless you know you're thirsty, <laughs> especially not when you've been drinking. <laughs> so our Instagram is uh, Monster Macaroni Podcast. That's that's the Instagram. So yeah, slide into our our DMs. <laughs> So let's right. let's kick it off. Uh, who wants to go first? Um, Joan, would you like to start us off? I would be happy to. Let's do it. I'm excited to hear about the the new series we hopefully start here in. All right. So this comes off of uh, Reddit slash R No Sleep, um, and I will credit the author once I get to the bottom of the post because that's just the way my Reddit browser works, and I don't want to scroll to the bottom. So we will go ahead and start now. My son's camera monitor alerted in the middle of the night. I checked it and saw my wife and son sitting on the bed. They weren't my wife and son. I'm a nurse and I currently work nights. It's a total drag, but I'm hopeful I can go to days soon, since some co-workers are planning retirements. Anyway, I was working one night when, just after 3 a.m., my son's monitor alerted me to sound and movement. No big deal at all. He probably coughed loudly or sneezed or something. He's three now, so he generally sleeps at night. I bring it up on my phone, and I see him and my wife sitting on the bed. Again, no big deal. He might have cried out or gotten scared or something. I was about to close the app when I noticed they were acting strange. Almost creepy. And when I say almost creepy, I mean creepy as balls. They were sitting on the bed together, both of them, 
just staring up at the camera with blank, emotionless stares. The night vision is black and white, so they had white, eerie-looking eyes. They didn't move at all, aside from their visible breathing. They just sat, sat there, staring at the camera. I close the app and give my wife a call to make sure everything is okay. I never get to call home on lunch, so in a way, this is kind of nice to get to talk to my family while at work. It rings a couple times before she answers with a very groggy, Hello? It was like she was dead asleep when I called and she looked wide awake on the camera. Hey, you guys okay? Huh? Yeah. Buddy, my son's nickname, came in like 15 minutes ago. Seemed scared, so I said he could sleep with Mama. I'm confused here since I saw them in his room a minute ago. Literally 60 seconds had passed since I closed the app and made the call. Wait, so you guys are in bed? Yeah, I fell back asleep right away. Everything okay? Everybody keeps waking me up. She's kind of annoyed. Hang on a sec. I put her on speaker and bring up the app, hoping I don't see it. When my app loads, I get a pang of intense nervousness in my stomach that I haven't had in a long time. Since I was a kid in school and realized while I was eating a breakfast, a paper or something was due that day and I hadn't done it. My heart leaps into my throat. My wife and son are sitting on, the, on his bed, looking up at the camera. Same emotionless stares. Hello? You guys are in bed, right? Yeah, we're trying to sleep. Well, I'm looking at his camera and I see you two sitting on his bed. Huh? No, we're in our bed. I mean, that's what you mean, but I'm looking at his bed, and you two are in there. Hang on, she says. She's quiet for a sec while she brings up the camera on her phone. I hear this guttural, terrified gasp, like she had sucked all the air in the room into her lungs, filling them to capacity. I don't hear this kind of gasp from my wife often, usually only when she's truly afraid, like during a jump scare in a movie or one time when we turned, on her, we turned her back on her son for literally a second, and he was down by the mailbox inches from the road. I hear rustling of sheets, and the line goes dead. Of course, now I'm absolutely terrified myself, so I immediately call back. It goes to voicemail, so I call again. I call again and again with no answer. Finally, after about four minutes, she calls me. I tell you that four minutes, about like 40 years. Hey, what's happening? I ask. She's absolutely hysterical and crying. I can't understand a word she says. Stop. Slow down for just a second, I say. She slows down enough to explain that they are in the car and driving to her parents. She looked at the camera when she saw what was on it. She got up and grabbed her son and rushed downstairs and out the door. Didn't even close the garage. Don't worry about it, I said. I'll drive by when I get off and close it. We live in a generally safe neighborhood, so I'm not too concerned the door is up. You will not go in there, she says. Hell no, I return. Why are we on the camera, she asked. Is it a recording? I don't know, I return. I'm going to keep watching it and see if there is anything I can tell. Do our code words with Buddy. We have code words because we're nerds. We've seen too many pod people in imposter movies, so we decided a long time ago to make code words with each other to be able to, to tell if one of us was an imposter. We have a couple code words, but we also have a three-sentence story we recite together, each saying a different part alter alternately of each other. I hear her on the phone saying, things, uh, saying the things we taught our son. He giggles as he says them. He does this every time we practice since he thinks they're a joke and doesn't have any idea of the real meaning. We're both convinced he's our son. My wife then says our part, and I'm convinced she's her. 
We made up these words as a complete joke to ourselves. I never once uh, in my life imagined we'd actually need them. Unreal. She got to her parents safely and it was hard to hang up. I told her we'll figure it out in the morning, hopefully just a glitch. She said she didn't think it was a glitch. When she was running out, she had, uh, she had to run by our son's room and the door was open. There's a little flashing light on the back of the camera that indicates it's connected to the internet. It gives off just enough light that when she ran by it, she, uh, she thought she saw, out of the corner of her eye, a shadowy outline of what could have been an adult sitting on her son's bed. It sends chills down my spine to think about. Knowing they were safe and out of the house is the only thing that kept me at work that night. It was a long four hours, but I kept checking the camera every chance I got. Sure enough, they were still sitting in the, on the bed, staring up at the camera with emotionless gazes. I studied them to see if I could see any pattern from their breathing to their blinking. Their breathing was steady and looked normal. It was their blinking that would tell me if this was just some kind of bizarre, time-looped freak accident, video or not. I intently stared at my phone and count the seconds between each blink, telling myself this is a loop. Uh, I was telling myself if this is a loop, their blinks should be even and occur at the same time each time. There was no pattern to their blinking. It was erratic and random, just as a person blinking should be. The passing hours are what finally sealed the deal that this was not a weird looped video of some kind. My son's window is visible on, on camera, and I can see on camera that it's getting lighter outside his room. His curtains keep out just enough light to prevent the camera from exiting night vision, but lets in just enough light to be able to tell the sun is rising. I try to figure out what the hell I'm going to do before I leave work. Calling the police comes to mind, but I talk myself out of it. First of all, what am I supposed to say? Someone is in the house that looks like my wife but isn't? Worse yet, what if the, they are entities of some kind and the police do go over and it kills them or something? I decided to tell the, uh, a coworker about it. He's a firm believer in the paranormal and might have, might have a suggestion. I show him the video and tell him the story. His initial response of, that's creepy as fuck, doesn't help much. He says he wants to go over and check it out. He says we both should, we both should to see if not my wife will try and act like my wife. I tell him absolutely not, and he says we should at least go to the house even if we don't go in. I agree on that since I wanted to close the garage. We got to my house and walked around the perimeter first. Not sure what we wanted to accomplish by that, but it felt like something we should do. The curtains were all drawn since nobody was there to open them in the morning, so we couldn't see anything. I went to close the garage and suddenly had this overwhelming urge to go inside and investigate. It was like I just had to know what was going on. So we, in we went. We walked through the kitchen towards the foyer, where the stairs are. It's so quiet in our house right now, you could hear a feather drop. Forget the pen. We stop at the bottom of the stairs and wait a few seconds. I look at the camera again, and they are still sitting there. I've never been so scared in my life. My coworker puts his foot on the first step, and I suddenly say, Stop! Loudly. Forget this. We're out of here, I tell him. Come on, I'm starting to make my way back to the kitchen. We hear a loud creak in the floor from upstairs. It's my son's room. He has a very loud, creaky board right in the middle of his floor. It's almost impossible not to step on. My wife and I are still deciding if we ever want to fix it, because it will alert us if he's ever up to no good when he gets older trying to sneak out or something. Come on, come on, come on! I yell as I motion for him to move his ass. We're out of the house in about two seconds. Out on the street, I check my phone. Now only, not my son, 
was sitting on the bed. Same blank stare. Not my wife. Was gone. Holy shit, my coworker says. That was stupid as fuck of us. Do not tell my wife that we went inside. She would be so ungodly mad if she found out what we just did. I use my garage door opener and my car to close the door. Before we leave, I look at the camera again. Not my wife is back on the bed with not my son. Both staring blankly up at the camera. Blinking. Every few seconds. That was almost about four days ago now. Not my wife and not my son are still sitting on the bed, staring up at the camera. They haven't moved a millimeter. We obviously haven't gone back to our house. What do we do? Damn, son. I I barely... <clears throat> I, I barely have words. Like, that's... I can picture was, it in my head. That was yeah. amazing. That's that, nuts. That's just part one. I that's can't how many parts part are two. I do not know, but uh, I would like to credit that to Rising Mac from Slash R No Sleep. Oh, that was a No Sleep. That was a No Sleep. Oh, so that could be ongoing, actually. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that was intense. Man, I loved every second of it. Oh yeah, I got chills. Two parts. Two parts. Oh. So we do have part two waiting for us. Well, in the next episode, you know, pray to the gods that we can actually get another episode recorded. <laughs> but in the next episode, we'll do part two. Hell yes. Uh, I will go next, since okay. mine's pretty short. Let me get positioned here. <clears throat> I don't actually have a, a writer for this one. And I don't know... I don't know if it's really a creepypasta or more an actual story than a creepypasta, but it's called Robert the Doll. In the late 1800s, Thomas Otto and his family moved into a mansion at the corner of Eden and Simonton Streets in Key West, Florida, now known as the Artist House. The Ottos were known to be stern with their servants, sometimes even mistreating them. It was the treatment of one such Haitian servant, Haitian servant that provided a twist in this story. This woman was hired to take care of their son, Robert. One day, Mrs. Otto supposedly witnessed her practicing black magic in their backyard and fired her. Before she left, the woman gave Robert a lifelike doll which stood about three feet tall, had buttons for eyes, human hair, believed to be Robert's, and was filled with straw. Dolls that resemble children were not unheard of during this time, but this one proved to be special. Robert named the doll after himself and often dressed it in his clothes. Robert, the doll, became his trustworthy companion. He took it with him on shopping trips into town. The doll had the seat at the dinner table where Robert would sneak it bites of food when, he was, when his parents weren't looking. Robert would even be tucked into bed with the boy at night. Soon this in- innocent relationship took on a strange nature. Soon after, Robert chose to be referred to by his middle name, Jean, after being scolded by his mother. He told her that Robert was the doll's name, not his. Jean was often heard in his toy room having conversations with Robert. Gene would say something in his childish manner, and responses could be heard in a much lower voice. Sometimes Gene would become very agitated, worrying the servants and his mother. She would on occasion burst in to find her son cowering in a corner while Robert sat perched in a chair or on the bed glaring at him. This was only the beginning. Household objects would be found thrown across the room. Gene's toys turned up mutilated and giggling could be heard. Whenever these unusual acts took place, Gene always said, Robert did it. The boy took the punishment but was always insistent and insisted that the blame was Robert's. As the mischief grew more and more, servants took their more and more servants took their leave as new ones were hired. The autos 
relatives felt it was time to do something. With the recommendation of a great aunt, Jean's parents removed Robert from his care and placed him in a box in the attic. This is where he resided for many years. After the death of his father, Jean was, was willed the boyhood home. He decided to, go to live in the Victorian mansion with his new wife. Jean had become an artist and felt that the house was spacious and would provide a place for him to paint. He went to the attic and dusted off his childhood toy. <clears throat> he became attached to the doll despite his wife's displeasure. Jean would take the doll along with him everywhere he went. He even sat, with it in, he even sat it in his favorite little chair while Jean and his wife slept nearby. See, that's what freaks me out. Because I've seen dolls like that, and like for some reason people put them in bedrooms, and it, it just freaks me the hell out. Oof. Maybe it's because I've seen Chucky. The turret room became Robert's domain after Mrs. Otto moved him back to the attic. Their marriage slowly became sour until Mrs. Otto supposedly went insane and died of unknown reasons. Jean followed soon behind. Robert supposedly attacked people, sometimes locking them in the attic. People who passed by claimed to hear evil laughter coming from the turret room. For some time, Robert remained in, in the empty house by himself until a new family purchased the mansion and restored it. The doll was once again moved to the attic. This pleased it as much as the last time. The doll was often found throughout the house. Once, on one certain night, Robert was found at the foot of the owner's bed giggling with a kitchen knife in hand. This supposed to be the inspiration for, like, Chucky or something. This was enough to send them fleeing from the home. Robert was later moved into the East Martello Museum in Key West, where he sits perched in a glass box. Despite his new living quarters, the doll is still believed to... The doll is believed to have not given up his menacing ways. Visitors and employees claim they have seen the doll move. His smile has been known to turn into a scowl. One employee cleaned Robert, turned off all the lights, and left for the night. The next day, he returned to find the lights turned on, Robert sitting in a different position than the night before, and a fresh layer of dust on his shoes. Some say he'll even curse you. If you want to take a picture of him, you must ask politely. He'll tilt his head in permission. However, if he doesn't, and you take the picture anyways, a curse will befall you and anyone who accompanies you to the museum. The same will happen if you make fun of him. To this day, Robert remains at the East Martello Museum in his sailor suit, clutching his stuffed lion, continuing his menacing ways. So it's not really more of a scary story. It's more information about the actual doll. Right. Because they have a picture of it. And it's... It's, uh... It's creepy as fuck. We'll Un go with that. Unsettling, it's, to say the it least. It is unsettling, in a word, <laughs> to describe this doll. And I will link this in the, in the show notes as well. And like I said, I don't know if I have an author or not. Um, if I do, uh, I'll mention it in the show notes. For sure. Yeah. It's a good little awesome. tidbit. It's like yeah. the uh, the Annabelle doll is, you know, the Conjuring movies? Yeah. Was it Conjuring that had Annabelle in it? Um, uh, the, what is it? The first Conjuring, like, uh, one of, like, the, the flashbacks of, like, them, like, you know, where they, how they got to that point in their lives. Like, they, they talk about the Annabelle story. Oh, okay. So the Warrens. Because yes. the Warrens were real people. Yes. And the, the Annabelle, Annabelle doll, doll is like real. in their possession yeah. in the movie. You can find pictures of it. It's in a glass case um, and says, do not open. It has all these warning signs and everything on it because it's it's such a haunted doll. Oh, man. Haunted dolls freak the shit out of me, man. Dude, like, it's a scary idea. I'll do paranormal stuff. I love the scary stuff to death. I love doing all that kind of stuff. But the, the dolls freak me out. Something fierce. Have you heard about the island with all of the dolls and the and the heads and shit? I have heard about it, yeah. and I'm pretty sure they did an interview with the guy that did that. Really? And I think he did it just 
for fuck's sake. Like, yeah. He just wanted to do it. Yeah, he was putzing around at the island, and he found a, a doll just floating, and the dolls, for some reason, just float out to that island all the fucking time. Huh. Like, it, they just show up there. I wonder if there's, like, a doll factory or something just dumping out a bunch of shit. <laughs> right? But it's, it's, it's all kinds of different kind of dolls, though, like stuffed animals, plastic dolls, action figures, just all kinds of shit. Weird. Yeah, man. Alrighty, so at, um, at any rate, I think I'm going to just go ahead and jump right into my creepypasta now. Um, it's called Basement. Um, it's, it's credited uh, to Creepypasta Indexer. So I'm not sure if that's just... Because I've, I've read quite a few that, that are credited to that, that name. So I don't know if he just writes a fuck ton of creepypastas or if that's just like a... A generic name for for a creepypasta that nobody knows who wrote it. But it it says written by Creepypasta Indexer, and it's called Basement. I was home alone for the week, as my family had gone on vacation while I had to stay and work. It was around 2 a.m., and I had stayed up to watch a scary movie in the dark in my basement. I was intent on really scaring myself and seeing just how far I could get into the terror, while still knowing I was still safe in my home. It was then that I heard a pounding footsteps on my front door, or my, my first floor. <laughs> this was a common annoying occurrence when my family was home. Every time they passed through the front hallway, past my basement door, I heard their footsteps. This time, fear immediately shot through me at the sound. My reflex was to turn the television off immediately. The basement door was up a flight of steps and around a corner, so whoever it was would not have seen the light. I heard the basement door handle click and turn as I sat in absolute darkness. I moved slowly so as to be absolutely silent and crawled behind our large television. As I passed it inch by inch, I noted with panic that its black screen still dimmed or still dimly glowed. I heard footsteps coming down the carpeted but creaky stairway. I froze in my hiding place, listening. For many long minutes, I heard nothing. Had the intruder seen my television's afterglow, or had it faded in time? Was he standing in the pa- uh, pitch dark listening for me? I seemed to lie there in total silence for an eternity. My panic began to fade, and I began to think more clearly. Had I really heard an intruder? Could someone possibly be standing there in silence for so long without making any noise at all? The basement was so exceedingly quiet that the silence itself began to hurt my ears. Could the unknown person really avoid any noise from shuffling or breathing or anything else? If there was an intruder, he is still in the basement because the creaky stairs were incredibly loud. The door handle clicked. He couldn't have known how to mask these footsteps on the first floor, so they couldn't be heard from down here. I I began counting in my head trying to pass the time as drool drool fell from my mouth to the floor. I didn't dare risk the sound of swallowing. I reached the 60 seconds once, twice, 30 times, 60 times. By now, my fear had faded and I was more confused than anything. I estimated that I had been crouched in the absolute black for almost two hours and had still heard absolutely nothing. If there was an intruder, none of this made sense. But finally, I decided I had to make a move. If I did nothing, eventually the sun would come up and shine in through the small basement windows, 
and worse, I began to smell something horrible and cloying. Slowly, ever so slowly, I began inching my way towards the stairs by way of the walls. If someone was standing there in the dark, I should be able to go around them and then make a break for the stairs. Meanwhile, the horrible odor grew stronger. Had something died down here in the basement at night? No living person would smell like that. Terrible images of some sort of corpse monster listening for me in the dark erupted through my thoughts, and I moved as fast as I could without making any sound. Just as I finally approached the stairs, there was an enormous clatter, as if something falling or collapsing on the floor. It was at that moment that I leapt forward and crashed through the stairs, running out through my open basement door and my wide-open front door. Now certain that someone was in the house, I called the police from my cell phone and watched my house from afar. The police came, checked inside the house, and then grimly came back out to question me. They had found a body in the house, an elderly neighbor of mine, who seemed to have died of a heart attack. Their belief was that I must have left the front door unlocked, and he must have wandered in my house while dying, looking for help. At first, I felt horrible, thinking that I had just sat there in the dark while the old man died, literally just a few feet away from me. But then it occurred to me, what in the hell was that loud noise of things falling that, la that last prompted me to bolt up the stairs and out of the house? I asked the police, and they confirmed. The back door of my house had been left open as well, near a single bare footprint in the mud. Somehow, for some reason I'll never know, there was someone else in that basement with us, silent, waiting, and listening in the dark over the fresh corpse of an old man. Damn. Visceral. Over the fresh corpse of an old man. Mm -hmm. I like that. That was a good line. That's, that's actually what made me pick this uh, creepypasta was that closer. Right there. That's definitely interesting. Yeah. He really makes you feel the suspense in him just like sitting there in the dark listening oh, yeah. to nothing. Absolutely. Just the blood pumping in your ears. If you've ever been in a pitch black basement and you hear something, oh, like God. you know that feeling of completely freezing mm -hmm. and waiting to see if you hear something. Like, like, like almost like flexing your ears to try to hear something. <laughs> right. Wow. That was a good story. Good story. Yep. It's one and of my favorites. I'm really excited for part two. Oh, that man. no sleep. What was it called again? You're going to have to give me a second. Yeah, we got to pull it up. <laughs> man, he did such a good job, though. That was great. Yeah. They were all good stories. I mean, the Robert of the Doll, I, I thought it was initially like an actual story. Mm -hmm. I think it's, cause, I mean, it's, it's on Creepypasta's website, but it's more like a bio of Robert the Doll than, than a creepy story. Mm -hmm. So I promise next episode I'll have something creepy. Oh, yeah. 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 And mine was called My Son's Camera Monitor Alerted in the Middle of the Night. I oh, checked that's right. it and saw my wife and son sitting on the bed. They weren't my wife and son by yeah. Rising Mac. I forgot that, that No Sleeps are, the titles are, it's well, like a sentence title. they're from the perspective that the author is actually experiencing. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, it's like almost like telling like a personal experience instead of it being, you know, like sometimes creepypastas kind of delve into that territory, but they can also be like urban legend style. Yeah. So it's mostly kind of like someone like posting a blog like, hey, what do I do about this? Or yes. hey, check out what just happened to me. Yeah. Okay. They're definitely interesting. I've, I've read a couple, but I haven't delved way like too deep into, into the no sleeps. Some of them are pretty good, but they're just 
incredibly long, multi-part. Yeah. Like it's sometimes it's just like like an ongoing thing, really. Are oh. there are there like databases like creepypastas where you can just go read a bunch of no sleeps like that? Yeah, just browsing on Reddit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, sort by best, find the you know whichever one floats your boat. But yeah. And that's something I I've I know a lot of people are probably going to be a little shocked, but I've never ever downloaded Reddit in my life. Never been on the website. Well, don't use the stock Reddit reader. It's terrible. I yeah. actually have no issues with it. Uh, Apollo for iOS. Shouts out to Apollo. Uh, hands down the best Reddit reader. Does it have ads? No. You you sh- you you um. I don't know if it does for the free version, but it's it's worth buying the. Uh, like I think it's like five dollars for the pro version. If you use Reddit enough, it's worth it. I use Reddit daily. I would recommend giving it a try. It's it is fantastic. And this guy, uh, I guess he used to be an Apple developer. Hmm. He used to work for Apple. Wow. And now he he. I mean, it overnight it went from there not being a fairly good option because like on Android the best one is Reddit Sync. Like easily, it's probably the best one. But um, no, yeah, for iOS there wasn't really any good options, but. Apollo came out and it uh, changed everything. Interesting. I'll have to check it out. So that was our creepy pasta episode. Yeah, Hopefully, yeah. we don't have any issues with with this one, and we can actually get the fucking episode up. <laughs> I have faith, John. Uh, yeah, I've got faith in it. It's we're working out some issues. You know, new podcasts and all that. We got to work out the the technical issues. And thank you, Joan, for being here for this episode. Absolutely. Um, Appreciate you, man. We'll definitely have you on, and we'll do that, that No Sleep Part 2. Definitely. Uh, so hopefully our next episode, like I said, we're going to have the, the streamer with us, and we're going to talk about more horror games that we didn't cover already, <laughs> um, if we can get that, that scheduling worked out. And then I know in the future we've at least we've sent a message to and got something back to from a couple of YouTubers that, that go around to haunted places in Arizona. And we're going to plan on, on having them on, and we'll, we'll interview and talk to them. And also, we do plan on doing uh, some form of live stream where we go out to, to a haunted location and, and not necessarily do a podcast episode, but do a, a live stream episode, and then we'll release something to let you know when we have that done and, and where we're live streaming and all that noise. We will find some creepy shit for you to see. Yes, yes. Uh, so in closeout, we'll plug our... Various social medias. Um, you can get us at Monster Macaroni Podcast on uh, on Im- I- Imager uh, on Instagram. <laughs> uh, Twitter is at Monster Macaroni, and the email is Monster Macaroni One Hundred One at Gmail dot com. And if you guys want to plug anything, that's yeah, up to you. Yeah, you can you can follow me at a at J C U R S E L Y J Cursely on Instagram if you want to catch any of my art. And you can always find me on Twitter um, at WillFalcon23. Um, you know, chat me up on there. If you got any questions? Other than that, though, I think we're pretty much wrapped up for this evening. Um, if you have any corrections for something that we blundered or you know, questions for us, comments, anything like that, please feel free to hit us up on any of those social medias that John just plugged. Or yeah, leave slide us a into comment. our DMs. <laughs> I'm going to keep using that now. Please. Oh, oh, I think we've created a monster, John. Yeah. Yep. So, um... Yeah, yeah. Uh, hit us up. Let us know. Um, also, if you have any suggestions on future episodes or anything that you think we should cover, yes, please send um, us stories. We will definitely it. read yeah. your stories. I mean, yeah, definitely. If you're you're an aspiring author, you have creepy creepy stories, creepy pastas, you know, anything like that, send them our way, and we'll read them on the air. Yeah, definitely. 
and let us know, you know, if you want us to say your name or not. That's pretty big. Right. <laughs> put it in the beginning of the story so I don't accidentally do it. Yeah, definitely <laughs> send us some content. We'll we'll throw it up on the air and throw it in an episode. And uh, what was our catchphrase again? Keep your eyes on the dark, fellas. Keep your eyes on the dark. Keep your eyes on the dark. All right. Let's cancel it there.